Good the evening. Biggest end bomb you've ever. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Well, <laughs> welcome to Trash Talk, a podcast discussing the cesspool that is the gaming industry and other general bollocks. Our sponsor for this week is McCann's Tapas and Night Nursery. How are you doing? Fuck me. Right. How long have you had that one lined up? Oh, for so, a while. Did you did you think of that and then think, <laughs> no, I need to set something up around this. I'll do the art, set up the scenes, invite two plebs, and set up a series just so I can say that line. Yeah. And then never That's it now. Again. No more podcasts. <laughs> Stop streaming. We've peaked. We're done. <laughs> How are you guys doing? All right, doing good. Tell me, how are you going? How are you doing? I mean, all right. Like, I don't know. This this furlough slash redundancy bollocks is very rapidly doing my head in. But uh, it, yeah, it's a thing. Things are moving. I mean, I'm technically getting paid right now, so the worry hasn't quite set in just yet. It makes one of us. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I know someone's a job, I apologize. Way. <laughs> oh, so, well, I guess we'll kick off with uh, what we've been playing this week. Uh, Profane, have you played any games this week? Have you been kind of like <laughs> waiting like, for the yeah. fucking Profane, tech? Have you played a game this week? <laughs> I know you hate the fucking things. I have been playing... Um, what do I... I played some of that... Digimon Cyber Sleuth game. There's a lot of oh, yeah. Seen. Okay. The RPG elements are really, really good. Hmm. Um, there is a fuck ton of dialogue, though. <laughs> this is to like, be expected with fucking JRPGs, isn't it? You have these conversation options that literally have no impact on um, on the game. It doesn't make a difference. And occasionally, your Digimon will send you messages, and some of them will quiz you if they're like of the intelligence type. I haven't answered a single question right. So oh, you mean quiz you, around. quiz you, like ask you questions yeah. and shit? A okay. lot of them revolve around Japanese culture, and it's like, oh no, ah! <laughs> localization this, this, team. <laughs> this this got past the localization team. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Um. But yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. Um, it's not too bad on the weeb scale, and the combat's really fun. The raising of Digimon is interesting. So to get a Digimon, you have to encounter it a number of times, and you increase its percentage. Um, and once it's beyond 100%, you can convert them to your um, enslave them. Um, but if you build that to 200%, they get better stats. Right. Um and then you digivolt them by getting them to a certain level, and you have to make their stats meet specific requirements, like in the original Digimon world. Um, oh. So you digivolt them. You can choose what they digivolve into from a selected list, if you have those options. Oh, cool. Um, but then every Digimon has like a max level. Um, so if you want to increase that max level, you have to de-digivolve them, re-digivolve them, and so on and so forth. Oh. But you can't keep doing this because you have like a memory limit on your party. So if you have like a baby Digimon, it takes up like two out of like the 20 you start with or something like that. If you have a rookie, it takes up like five. Champions take like 10, that kind of shit. So you can't get too overpowered quickly and you get more memory as the game progresses. 
All right, so, that's one way to stop you from just like railroading the early game, I guess. Yeah, you yeah. could opt to have like three, like relatively tame level Digimon, or you could have two relatively strong Digimon, or you could have one fucking badass. Um, but like Pokemon, just yeah. level up one. Yeah, it's like Pokemon without the, with like some limitations, but no, it's, it's really good. Um, cool. And uh, I know you've had your eye on that one for a while, haven't you? You're like, yeah, I, I was looking for something just to distract me from the not streaming side of things, and that that's been doing it for me. And I started um, learning the Orchid of Time randomizer uh, this morning. Ooh, that is very fun. nice. That's um, awesome. As soon as you've learned that, I'll jump into co-op and I'll just follow you around. It'll be great. Mate, there's a map tracker on um, Emo Tracker. Yeah. It's really fucking good. It will, it will tell Did you, you say you know Emo how... Tracker and really fucking good in the same sentence? I did. It's still a laggy <laughs> piece of shit, but the person that's developed this one has really thought about it. Put some time there's even options that you can um, configure to have like the different... Because you have like your different presets for your randomized seeds. So like, do you want it easy? Do you want it normal? Do you want it difficult? That kind of thing. Hmm. And they've added like all these options, and it changes how the map responds to the items you collect. Oh, that's cool. So, but it displays the entire world map. You can have child, adult, or both at the same time. Maps displayed, oh. and it has the colored boxes that you had in the link to the past one. Oh, like whether they're accessible or not and stuff. So, yeah. when it was just we tried it before, and you were following me around. We can just say like, okay, so now we know where you can go, yeah, and actually contribute to the seed and not feel like you're just following me around watching me do shit. So it's really good. far more viable if we were to use that. Um, the only problem then would be, are we updating like the map tracker consistently between the two of us? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that there would be a way to like host that somewhere or not, but I have that sort of synced. Somehow, yeah, yeah. I, I would be fucking down for some co-op um, uh, suitor because it's really satisfying. There's also multi-world, but I don't think... I mean, I'm not ready to do a, a full run of the randomizer yet, so I don't think like people that aren't even trying to learn it could do it. <laughs> no, don't do this. No. <laughs> for those that don't know, multi-world is basically where you have a world for every number of players you have. And your items aren't directly shared, so someone can, like, some could find my bow, I could find Brit's uh, Hylian shield, for example, and as soon as I collect it, it would get sent to Brit, and as soon as Song collects the bow, I would get my bow. Nice. Um, but obviously Which is a really cool concept, but yeah. a lot of potential, but if everybody doesn't know it, like, in and out, like, yeah, you, you've got the potential to screw people over. Yeah, you, you will just um, hard lock each other totally. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've been getting into, and it's what I'm going to guilt trip people into getting into because it's really fun. I think I owe Daphrit about eighteen games to. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! Ah! <laughs> fun times. Are you uh, you got your. Screaming, uh, screaming, streaming graphics card today, didn't you? You were right the first time. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> yep, the, the stream GPU arrived today. It's in after some 
Do you want to tell everybody the story that you told me? Like we're oh, joined really? a joint voice chat with you, and you're like, "I'm a fucking fanny." <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So this is like the third time I've set up a G, uh, put in a new GPU inside a PC, and previous two times I've been totally unprepared. I'm just like, "Fuck it, put it on the kitchen work surface, open this bitch up." Today I was like fully prepared. I had my cleaning stuff. I had a, an area specified for it. And it was all good. I opened the GPU. I remember to take the caps off the, the inputs, you know, the HDMI, the DVI, the VGA, that shit. I'm thinking, I'm on it. All right? So I take the 770 out. It's a fat bastard. Big fucking car compared to the one I'm replacing it with. And I'm trying to fucking put it in. I'm thinking, it ain't fucking going in. And I often have this problem, but not usually with GPU. <laughs> and I'm, whenever I lined it up with the PCI slot, the HDMI and VGAs were in line with where there would be a bracket, so you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to slot it in physically. You wouldn't be able to slot it in. I'm thinking this is fucking weird. What, what the fuck? Um, after about 15 minutes of trying at various angles and lighting with the fucking phone, um, I made the realization that there is in fact a cover on the PCI slot on the card as well. <laughs> <laughs> The dog was rudely and abruptly woken up by myself going, Are oh, you fucking fanny rash? <laughs> but at the same time, embarrassed but relieved. <laughs> yeah. kind of, I forgot I had the window wide open as well. It's just like from under the desk, you just hear this, Oh, the fucking fanny rash! <laughs> yeah, that was not the proudest moment of my life. But then you plugged it in and it all worked perfectly. Yay. Ah, no shit. Too loud. So, um, you know when you boot up Windows 10, you get like this lovely picture on your login screen. It's usually like some vista or some clouds. Really colourful, really nice, vibrant-looking wallpaper shit. Yeah. Well, I booted the stream PC up after putting a new GPU in, and I got this black and white set of clouds. And immediately I'm thinking, oh, fuck. Fuck, what have I done wrong? Is the card fucked? Have I fucked it? Is there another fucking cover somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, it just happens to be the first time Windows 10 has ever thrown me a black and white fucking login screen. So for about 15 seconds, I'm going for my like, what the fuck did I do? And no, I oh. logged in and... You it mean the picture out. in the background? Yeah, the, the picture in the fucking background was black and white. I'm like, well, fuck. That's weird. Yeah, that was, that was my day, and that's what I've been playing. Long. There you go. Some. All right, you're just I've as eventful. Playing, I've been playing quite a few games recently, actually. Um, one of the main ones is Valorant. Uh, it's, <laughs> you're one of those Valorant boys now. I'm not very good at it, but I've been trying. I don't know, I mate. Mean, I was watching when you were on stream with Dutch and that. You were coming top of the board like every fucking round. Or is or is that more of a comment on the people you were playing with than you? That might have been a nice snapshot of my performance. <laughs> Tom was like, well, I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, but yeah, I'm in Silver 2 now, which is all right. 
But that's really it for Valorant. I've played a lot of it, but it's not too bad, not too good. Um, I've been playing Helltaker, which, well, I played Helltaker, which is a free little puzzle rhythm puzzle game. Puzzle puzzle. It's free on Steam. It's getting quite popular for some reason. Hmm. Uh, I recommend it, actually. It's pretty good. Yes. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why it's popular. Uh, it's Anime about... titties! <laughs> yeah, it's about like, the <laughs> demon... Demon harem of ladies. Of I actually course. really liked the uh, I really liked the, the puzzles though. It's good. This is where Sam's like, oh come on, I play video games to escape my real life. <laughs> no, I was interested in getting that harem. <laughs> oh. It's been a while. Uh, now, I've got a question to ask. Sure. Is it still a foot job if they've got hooves? Yes, of course it is. Yeah, it's still feet. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I saw Brit's reaction in the live feed and I saw it on stream. <laughs> Sorry. Grim. Absolutely um, grim. There's another two games I've been playing, but they're not too important. I uh, recently went back through Spec Ops Online, completed it again twice uh, on very hard difficulty, which it's a buggy piece of shit. <laughs> and um, you, like, there's a, there's a bit in like when you're going through a museum and there's like a helicopter that will fire faster if you've got like high frame rate. Oh no! Mechanics so, tied to frame rate. I'm playing on like 100 FPS plus, and this game is meant to be played in 30 FPS on hard <laughs> mode. I'm making. I'm, you're supposed to run away from the helicopter in this cutscene, and I die immediately every time. And I'm getting so frustrated. I'm like, what the fuck is this game? And uh, I decided to just look it up. And yeah, if you turn VSync on, it helps a lot. But if you cap the frame rate to 30 FPS. Easy mode. Very easy, yeah. Well, fucking hell. And I've been playing Minecraft, but. And Fallout 76, obviously. Shut up, I was going to say that. Oh, I do apologize. <laughs> shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's alright, it's allowed. It's, it's, it's a passable game now, right? Like. I enjoyed it a lot. Like Wastelanders it... went a long way, right, to like make it a better game. Yeah, which actually, you know what's really interesting? A lot of people who didn't like Fallout seventy six's base game much preferred the game when Wastelanders came out. But a lot of people who just enjoyed the game in Fallout seventy six were kind of a little bit put off by Wastelanders because um, uh, the, it, a lot of what they liked was that because the people who stuck with Fallout seventy six when it first came out. Uh, what they what they liked was the group active playing with other people and stuff, and then when Wastelanders came out, it was there was a little bit more of a tilt towards solo content, so it was just a bit right. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I think they've added quite a lot of good stuff in Wastelanders, so everyone's kind of happy about it. Hmm. Oh yeah, it's full of glitches. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, it's a Bethesda game. I will. <laughs> like... tell, tell, tell me, Wendigo Man is still a thing. Uh, <laughs> getting swole all of a sudden as you walk through the holy shit <laughs> I haven't actually seen a Wendigo man in a while I just remember oh. playing with you and Holly and having so much fun running around playing the fireman Sam theme uh, dressed as a fireman dude there's a fireman outfit that I've been trying to get for like two years and I can't IRL get it in game. in game it's a white <laughs> fire breather outfit and I can't fucking get it and I sometimes see someone with it and I'm like <laughs> you get angry. Under your breath, just open mic. Push to speak. God! 
<laughs> that's actually a that's a good point though. Um, I might as well talk about it since it came up. I uh, I saw someone famous in the game recently. Oh really? What level yeah, of fame are you talking? Like Twitch streamer fame or like a celeb? Um, famous Skyrim modder fame. Oh, okay. So like down here, <laughs> pretty pretty low down. Yeah. Um, she's one of the uh, mod makers who makes house mods. Oh. If you've ever had a mod by Eleonora, they're pretty fancy. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna out myself as like the biggest bastard. I hit the vortex button and leave, <laughs> and then, and then bitch about why the mods aren't working. <laughs> uh, requirements? What the fuck is? Spawning <laughs> uh, Skyrim is kind of like a, it's fun for me. I like it. Oh, um, mate, she's a really good builder. You'll, you'll have to do my one then, because I can install about 15 mods at once, and everything's running great. And then I'll install one more mod, and I'll do it in, like, tiers, just so I can go back. And then when I get to about the fourth tier, I try to go back. I've downloaded one extra mod, fucking crashes. But it's not like the old Skyrim, the Special Edition. It doesn't crash when it goes boom, boom. It crashes when you hit fucking continue, so you don't know until you spawn already invested like 25 seconds of your existence into winning the fucking game to boot up. <laughs> so it's like, yeah? Yeah? No! So I uninstall this mod, launch a game, same fucking shit. So I spend the next two hours just uninstalling and reinstalling and then eventually it's like, fuck it! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it gets, it, it's a bit weird. There's like a very like optimized sort of way of doing it. I used to get the same thing with like Minecraft mods as well. It was the same sort of thing. Like you throw one in there and it just seems to fuck your install to hell and back. You have to yeah. remove everything. I just decided that look, I can play as two B in other games. I don't have to play Skyrim. It's fine. <laughs> I got a two B mod in Fallout Four. Yeah you do. I had to download the um the outfit from like a YouTube video though, and I was always a bit sketchy doing that. <laughs> like a Japanese link did it. It was just a media share link. I don't trust them, you know. Oh, <laughs> good old media share or a mega link. You're like, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah, somehow like a faceless download site is somehow a lot more trustworthy than Nexus that is just covered in penis, tits, and future fucking mods and shit. It's just like. You know what? This seems like the kind of place I can reliably download my modifications from. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's true, yeah. It is very reliable. I, it's like, I shit you not. Let's all visit the Skyrim Special Edition Nexus, like... Oh, God. <laughs> you have to turn off That's... Adult Filter. I wouldn't recommend it. It's already it off. <laughs> turn it off. It was never on. You have to make an account for that, though, right? Yes, you do. I'll take the Fallout 4 one. Oh, here we go. A Maya Vampire and Human Race Menu preset high poly and standard version. Click on an aeroplane. Oh, fucking captures, man. Oh my Lady god. Elvira. Fucking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of these people have never felt the warmth of a woman. I kind of want. I'm putting this link in chat. Please, if you are under the age of 18, do not get this. Oh no. Oh no. This is on the main page of Fallout 4's mods. What the fuck? Is that a Misty outfit? Yep. What the fuck? 
fucking is right. She's like Sweet 13. Jesus. Bookmark. Nine. Nine. Bookmark. Nine. Nine four out of four, she's now. Oh, fucking hell. Yikes. <laughs> that bombshell. <laughs> what games Which... have you been playing, Daft? Uh, well, Carrion was a big part of, I guess, late last week. Um, that game is great. It's really, really good. But it's very, very easy and very quick. Like, it's it's more of a puzzle game than, than anything like knowing where to go and when and, and what order to kill things in. But it, it was a lot of fun. Like, 100% of it got all the achievements and stuff. Um, checked out a few speedruns as well, and they're quite fun because it's all mouse-based movement and stuff. There's a lot of just kind of whipping your mouse back and forth and memorising level layouts and stuff. Looks like a lot of fun. Um... Apart from that, I briefly tried Command and Conquer Remastered and then uninstalled it. <laughs> um, I I cannot fucking believe that. Like, so, for those that didn't see that, I was I was locked in this battle of wits with this AI for ages, um, and like discovered the perfect units to kind of attack this base. Like it was rocket troopers was clearly what it wanted me to utilize. So I was like churning those out, churning them out. Uh, got this nice group of guys together and my economy finally started bouncing back after my harvester had been killed. I was like, right, okay, we're in a good situation. Enemy AI sends one fucking tank, one single tank, and it just charges straight through the middle of my troops that I had positioned there. <laughs> Gone. I was like, fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do it. That was, was quite, I mean, I, I was in a fucking foul mood for a couple of days. Like I start, I watched um, some of Brit's carry on VOD and everything anyone said in chat, anything that Brit said was like, ah, fuck off. Ah. <laughs> Didn't talk to him for the rest of the day. I needed that fucking Command and Conquer stream. Like <laughs> somebody as miserable as me on this planet. And yeah. the first thing I joined in on was him clicking in this blackness with this character that would not shut the fuck up. Yeah, let's rock. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's rock in this fucking red tank. Just what? 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 What the fuck? Like the pathfinding in those games is fucking abysmal. Like you would have a group of five tanks and they clear gap, and you'd say go here. Four of them would go okay, and one would go nah, and fuck off to the other end of the map, like the opposite direction. I don't even mean he tried to go around the map to get to that point. He'd just move to the other side of the map and stop. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, try to micromanage them, like, when tanks were coming in and try to move the guys and, like, you'd click to move out of the way and they'd be like, oh, you want me to stand in front of the tank? Okay. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I got very, very angry very quickly. <laughs> the way that there was always one that was like, while those guys go for the front of the tank, I'll walk around this fucking mountain <laughs> yeah. and attempt... To attack from the side, and then like, where the fuck's he go? Where are you going? Like, where you told me to? I'm just going a different way about it. It was it was with the special missions that you get in Command and Conquer, where you get like a Say commando, right? For fuck's sake, <laughs> fuck's sake, dude. <laughs> you'd you'd get just just a commando where where you could go and, and attack, and they can yeah. they can kill normal infantry in like one shot, right? 
So you click on the enemies and pew, 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 dead. Not a problem. But if they're ever so slightly out of that commando's range and you click on them, she wouldn't move until she was in range and then shoot him. She'd run right the way up to him, stand there for a bit, get shot until she was nearly dead, and then she'd kill him. I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't get it. But yeah, it feels very broken. At least Red Alert did. I didn't have that problem with the original Command and Conquer, like with the pathfinding, but something just seems way off. Either that or I just got incredibly unlucky with like my building placement or something, I don't know. If I ever played those games... I would have to get rid of that fog because I felt claustrophobic just fucking watching it. Yeah, the old fog of war is, uh, yeah. I get it and I appreciate it, but no. I don't need that. I wonder if I'd played it on an easier mode, whether the, like, radius for your units would be a bit more to give you a bit more view. I don't know. Uh, But I I like um... the newer iteration where it's not completely black it's like a cleared out fog where you can still see the landscape it's just enemy units you can't see i, I much prefer that but that came a few like years that, later yeah. i think age of empires one i think popularized it hmm. or Maybe. two so the only game like that i've played is battle for middle earth 2 and that was fucking phenomenal that was that was really fun i i used to spend hours scrimming the shit out of that game yeah um, i love the game I've got the first one on disc back there. I've got it installed. I was planning on playing it, but I played that much RTS and had such a bad time of late. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to do it. Oh, I remember modding the shit out of that game. Yeah, it had like loads of um, loads of mods for it, actually. Um, it was like a widescreen patch, a frame rate patch. There was all manner of shit you could do. Like, people were creating their own units and stuff. That's pretty cool. There were, like, total overhauls, like, custom campaigns that people made. Fuck. When is Battle for Middle Earth 3? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, do EA still hold that license, I wonder? Lord of the Rings, I don't know. Because Lord of the Rings Online still a thing, isn't it? But I don't think that's an EA thing. Is the Shadow of Mordor and stuff there? Uh, no, that's, yeah, that's Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers. So I wonder if Warner Brothers hold the license for it now. Hmm. Hmm. I saw an RTS, a new RTS on Steam, and I wishlisted. I can't find it right now. On the subject of Lord of the Rings, um, I follow this guy called John Burton, who was an ex, who is an ex-founder developer of Traveller's Tales. Oh, yeah. Is he the guy who does the Game Hut videos? Or is yeah. that a different... And the Coding Secrets. Um, Always really good videos. And he made a video about how him and a small team of people spent $1 million building a demo to show to Warner Brothers for a Hobbit tie-in game. And they were trying to do it based on, like, the we want the game to play like the movie look like you know we want what happens in the movie to happen in the game like you know you have all these movie tying games where you know, none of this fucking happened and things that happened in the movie haven't happened in the game so what the fuck spider-man one movie game being a really good example of that um and so they built levels off of the scenes in lord of the rings one 
they had stealth sections as Frodo where you're having to hide from the the wraiths while you're walking around. They had a fucking boss fight against the Balrog as Gandalf. That looked, looked fucking sick. sick. Yeah, it did look really cool. Um, I think it was being developed for the Xbox 360 at the time, and it looked really good. The graphics really. look fucking awesome. I mean, they look like this gen. Like, yeah, they they clearly went all out on it, and uh, yeah, they got given the license to make the Lego Hobbit games. <laughs> yeah, poor bastards. Because they were like they were full on photorealism, like this amazing development, like wanted to show off all these different mechanics, spent all this money pitching, and they were like. We like your work with the Lego games. Keep doing that. <laughs> like, oh, why? And I can't remember what their reason for not going with it was, but um, it was bollocks. It was utter bullshit. Like, it, it looked real. I would have loved to have played that fucking Lord of the Rings game. Like, I loved yeah, the um, the the movie games that came out. You know, like the the Two Towers, Return of the King. I, I don't think you ever got to play the Fellowship of the Ring, but um, they were really good you. when the multiplayer got introduced. Oh. So good. Um, I think I remember playing like the two towers and Return of the King with some like a shit yeah. ton. Yeah. I think the two towers included the Fellowship of the Ring, right? It did. Yeah, because it had the fight with the ring wraiths mm. on the oh, top of the tower. There wasn't much action like, in that movie. Version. Yeah. Yeah, I think it had a lot of the action parts because it had the scene where you fight, where they're fighting the. Um, I think I've played this. Goblins. Now that you mention this. Yeah. Like, oh, they have a cave troll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, I, I loved that shit. It's like Man, there's so many of... old games like around that kind of era that were really good and just flew under a lot of people's radars. Like, yeah, I saw. Did... Um, I was going to say, the GBA Lord of the Rings games are really good. Uh, Do not Do um, Diablo likes. Oh, right. I, those are That's games cool. that we have been meaning to put on the couch for years. Mm. We, we need to do those games because I, I never got to play them. I They're really good. Them, but you were always playing them whenever like um, you came on holiday with me and my family and you had your Game Boy. And they always looked sick. Good times. Um, were good times. I ah, saw um Where are my nostalgia goggles? I saw a picture of the last PlayStation <laughs> 2 magazine to be published. For fuck's sake. And I, it had the uh, goggles too, but don't know what they had a picture of out. um Sonic on it, because they just re I think it was Sonic Unleashed had just released on the Xbox three sixty, PlayStation Three, Wii and PlayStation Two. And this is back in the day when the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 versions of the game would be completely fucking different from the PlayStation 2 and Wii versions of the game. Yeah. And I had totally forgotten about that shit. Um, and Spider-Man 3, I had that on Xbox 360 and I loved it. And um, some said he had it on the Wii. And I think there was one time you were having to piss up in the garage and <laughs> you show me what it was like and it's like, this is a totally different fucking game. Yeah, there's a sewer system in 360, but there's none in the Wii. Mm. The last boss is completely different. And I seem to remember them doing that quite a lot, like stripping out complete sections, because obviously they had to overhaul the control scheme anyway. Less powerful console. Just like, got snip happy. <laughs> like, 
Did you see the Spider-Man Hulk stuff? No. No. There is there is a playable demo of the Spider-Man 4 movie tie-in game. So this confirms that there was going to be a fourth Raimi movie in the works. Oh, there you go. Because they had signed up, um, was it Treyarch, I think, that were making the games at the time, oh. to do a fourth one. Um, and we all know what happened there. The fourth one never got made. and Not fucking surprised after fucking Bully Maguire was a thing. Oh, <laughs> how'd you go from two to three? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how they three. missed the mark so hard with that movie. I really don't. Like, Venom was the worst like interpretation of Venom I have ever seen. Yeah. Um, and and Sandman could have been a cool villain, but they were trying too hard to juggle Sandman and Venom at the same time in the movie and make them fit yeah. together. Like, so many faces in that fucking movie. Like you had Venom, which means you have to include the Black Symbiote bonding with Spider-Man. That whole thing. Then the black symbiote, because in the cartoons and the comics, like the symbiote bonds with Spider-Man, you do that whole thing, he gets rid of it, and it's not until like a bit later down the line that Venom comes about, yeah, pissed off, um, and they merged Harry Osborn finding out that Peter's Spider-Man, the black symbiote bonding with Spider-Man, Venom appearing, and Sandman all into one fucking movie. Yeah, there wasn't That's enough things. screen time to develop any of those characters. And what's worse, you made the whole tormented Peter Parker becoming evil and then ultimately rejecting the symbiote a song and dance bullshit comedy. Like, it was never going to work. I don't know how anybody looked at that piece of paper. I can, it feels like it was several different scripts and they were like, these are all really good. Let's do them all! <laughs> like, what? It's like, you look at like the animated series of Spider-Man, the Fox one in the 90s, you look at that interpretation of the black symbiote suit and it's like, holy shit, okay, people meme about like the bit in the church bell where he's chasing Shocker up being overacting and stuff, but fuck me, that was like legitimately, he's going to rip his fucking head off. Like, this is actually really cool to see. Yeah. And then it goes to Tobey Maguire doing the gun fingers in a restaurant with his <laughs> hair greased down. <laughs> uh, he must, like, you know when you wake up in the middle of the morning and you're like, you remember something stupid you did and you either laugh about it or you're like, ah! He yep, must cringe. do that every fucking day. Like, it must be like narcolepsy, but cringe alepsy. You know, <laughs> cringe just randomly at just any part of the day, <laughs> he remembers his finger guns and the, the greased hair and he's like, ah! Like, it's okay, this happens. <laughs> <laughs> totally it's all right. He probably looks at the pile of money in the corner and he's all right. I yeah, suppose that's got to be drying up now. I can't remember the last thing he was in. No, has he had like a few bit roles in things? I can't remember him doing anything major. I legitimately cannot remember a single thing he's been in since. Wasn't Wasn't he in a Marvel movie? Was this one? I hope not. No, Maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah. Look up his net worth. <laughs> Look up his net worth. <laughs> Um, he's 75 million he'll be alright <laughs> I suppose according to this website I'm not sure if it's real or not. for anybody who wants to go and watch the old Spider-Man 90s cartoon they are all on Disney Plus and they are all very good 
Uh, yeah, Lottie's uh, sister has Disney Plus. I might be commandeering it just to binge some old 90s Fox Kids Marvel cartoons. Oh, there's some cracking stuff on there. There really is. I mean, mine's on like 24 7 playing The Simpsons in the living room because everybody likes The Simpsons. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's good. Mandalorian's good too. It's a good TV show. Um, this so, Lego thing is from The Mandalorian. Yeah, it is. I recognized it. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's one of the really good episodes uh, that fe- features that. It's like a. Yeah. <laughs> Keep his camera shy. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Xbox conference. That was an interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a thing. thing I actually have something down. Like, that's a that's a really good segue, Profay. <laughs> News. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, in the Xbox conference, right? They opened with Halo Infinite. Have you guys? Infinite. Uh, uh, Infinite, sorry. Have you guys seen that trailer yet? Watched that? I watched it with uh, Level Select on Shoot the Ship. Ah, right, okay. I watched it on my phone waiting for Lloyd to get out of work. Ah. Well, there's a little bit of controversy about that this week because they opened with that and then straight after that, big Xbox bod comes out and says everything you see today is captured on the Xbox Series X, right? And we're like, alright, cool, awesome. So, he said that after they'd played the Halo trailer, not before. And that's important because the gameplay shown there was running on a PC, not on an Xbox Series X. So some people are up in arms about it and like, well, why the, why? you're supposed to be showing us what the console can do. That's the whole point. Uh, and other people are like, well, I don't really care. I just wanted to see what Halo was like. I mean, for me, it doesn't mean shit because I'm getting it on PC anyway, but... I am, seemed a little disingenuous to me. I would be massively surprised if the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 could not compete with some of the really high-end PCs. Yeah. Dude, some of the stuff they are doing, like, I don't know how they're offering them less than, like, a grand a piece. Like, the tech that they are piling into these things. I mean, what was it? The Xbox 360 or the Xbox One where they were running a loss for every unit sold? Both. Both, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's some, they've got some tungsten bollocks on them. <laughs> <laughs> they made a lot of money with the online. That's that's how they made it. That, is, while I'm thinking about it, the 12-month subscription plan option has disappeared off Xbox Live. Interesting. You can no longer buy a year's worth of Xbox Live. They're really up. pushing Game Pass. They're pushing it hard. Like The fact that it's included in the Ultimate tier as well. It's kind of like, well, I get all these AAA games that are coming out and they've bought all these studios and they are starting to churn out good games and I get them all included in my subscription and my Xbox Live. It's 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 good. I mean, I've been enjoying using it. I think, uh, I think they're going to do really well uh, this generation, frankly. But they definitely seem to be looking at the broader picture. They're not laser focused on Xbox as a product anymore. It's getting people into Game Pass on whatever platform. They don't really care what platform it is. Um, right, at the end so, of the day, it's games that are 
got the license for them. So yeah, this is it. February thirteenth, two thousand and three. Um, a recent development due to moving manufacturer to a Chinese subcontractor, the GameCube only cost $100 to produce. So at that time, they were making $50 per unit on every GameCube sold. I See, cannot imagine this is it. the PlayStation 2 is doing much worse. Yeah. That lived a long time into That's, the 360. Isn't that still like yeah. the biggest console generation topper or, or something Hasn't like that? I think the Wii Switch surpassed it. Or something... Surpassed it now, uh, maybe. Oh, Gaming is becoming a lot more prevalent, like overall, I suppose. But the PS2 like held on until I'm sure like the Xbox One was released. I think it was it was still like the top seller. Oh, sort of. It's neck and neck. Uh, the yeah. PlayStation Two got 102 million, and the Wii got 101 million. See, and the Wii did really well. Like everybody, casuals bought the shit out of that console. See, I'm looking at. Um, I know it's it's Me the too. first link. I didn't even look at it. It's Wikipedia, and it says the million-selling game console. I don't know when this was last updated. Um, but it's got the Xbox One on there, and I, I swear I saw the Switch on there somewhere. Yeah, Nintendo Switch is on there, so it can't be that old. The PlayStation Two is at 155 million units sold. The Nintendo DS family. Um, so I'm assuming that's like the DS, DSi, DSXL, all that shit. 154.2 million. Those do really, really well in Eastern markets. Game Boy and Game Boy Color, 118.69 million. <laughs> oh, there's that number again. Fuck me. <laughs> the PlayStation 4, 110.4 million. PlayStation, 102.4 million. The Wii, 101.63 million. Oh, okay, so I was looking at a, a shittier list. Wow, the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 was really tight. PlayStation yeah. 3 just netted by about 1.4 million. I think they had a longer term all, uh, like overall as well, didn't they? Like, Because um, the Xbox One released way earlier than the PS4, if I remember rightly. Like, I think I think the 360's lifespan was like shorter than the PS3. I could be wrong. Uh, no, it's longer. 2005 to oh, 2006. Really? Hmm. I think the reason why the PlayStation 3 didn't, uh, did better than the Xbox 360 in the long run is because of the Japanese market. They hate the Probably. Microsoft consoles. Yeah, they weren't a fan. Because the PS3 had a really rocky launch because it was so damned expensive because of the Blu-ray tech. It was like 600 quid for a console, right? Like right out of the yeah, gate. How much, how much is the Xbox Series X? Or how much is the PlayStation we don't know. Buy? There are no confirmation on actual numbers. They are estimating five hundred dollars. Yeah, so that would be roughly the same amount as a PlayStation Three upon release or yep. launch. Uh, and the amount, the amount cheaper. Of, the amount of tech that's going into them, it's going to be a bargain. You're going to have a high-end gaming PC level of tech for like half the cost. And the reason it's so cheap is because the manufacturers are willing to swallow the cost because they know at some point in that manufacturing cycle, it's going to be cheap enough for them to make a margin and they, they'll have paying customers in their ecosystem. It's all about getting people into the ecosystem, paying for content and subscription models and stuff. It's producing the current generation of consoles. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at face value, that's already like, holy shit, that's a pretty big contract. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say no. Yeah, unless it all goes horribly wrong. It's it's really fucking exciting because like the I think the PlayStation 5's SSD 
has some staggering fucking speeds that you just cannot get on PC right now. And it's because Sony have developed their own chip controller and there's no drivers required. You don't have an operating system that requires to translate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's they went really into, clever. They went into like a really deep detail about why it's so much better. Like it's a really, really good SSD. Mm-hmm. Really when they good. are getting this close to PCs, they're trying to sell it as in you want this instead of a PC. Yeah, I think That's so. What the game is. We're in the position where we have the good gaming PCs. You know, we mm-hmm. can run everything fine at the, at the minute. You know, my my cap is 1080p 60fps, but that's a cap I'm totally happy with. 60fps should have been the bare minimum long ago, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and obviously, Daffrit and some yourselves, you've moved up to like 1440p at higher frame rates. I'm still at um, 1080p, just high frame rate. Oh, oh yeah, of course, yeah. You you, you decided not to go with the point four. Why were you playing Gears Tactics at a higher resolution? I wasn't. It was. It was. I was trying to get it to run at a higher frame rate because I got Uh-oh. the two forty hertz monitor, but cloning throws it off for some yeah. some games. Um, yeah, for like us, it's difficult to justify buying a new console outside of exclusives when really Xbox and Sony have shown now that a lot of their wants for exclusive games are coming to PC. This is Microsoft's it, yeah. Yeah. I'm half considering buying an Xbox just to support Microsoft because their customer focus recently has been second to fucking none. It's been fantastic. It really has. I I don't know. I mean when it comes time to upgrade my PC for the first time ever, I will genuinely look at the price tag on these consoles and I will be like I, it's cheaper and it's an upgrade. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah, it's odd. Uh, if PC hardware manufacturers had a stake in the ecosystem, then they would maybe sell their hardware at a loss and everything would be cheaper. But they don't. Like, they don't have any in, chance. Yeah. NVIDIA doesn't get any recurring revenue after you've bought your GPU from them. Uh, whereas Microsoft and Sony, you buy their kit, they're going to get some more cash out of you. So they do try and sweeten the deal by giving you like a free game or two, hmm. but it's not enough. No. To... no, it is. They they are banking almost exclusively on a those people that do have the god tier machines oh. that for sheer pride alone will not purchase a console or entertain the idea of purchasing console. And those of us that want to retain some level of ownership of the games that we buy. Like, yeah. when Google Stadia was announced, I was in one mind only. I, I don't care. I'm not interested. This is yeah. even more a step away from owning a copy of the game. So you're expecting me to pay for a subscription service that's dependent on a really fast and stable internet connection. And then you want me to pay for the game on top of that. Like, yeah, your model is going to fail. Yeah, who is and this it, for? Like, yeah, you're not appealing to anyone. Yeah, at I all. Think, yeah. Daft you've got like like the top one percentile internet speed in the UK. Did you ever try Stadia? Was it good? I was it okay? did. Stadia was a big pile of shit. It was horrendous, and I've got a what four hundred meg connection. Like, yeah. And and my connection was solid. Sorry, <laughs> um, but I also tried Project X Cloud, which was Microsoft's version of that at the same time. And Project X Cloud does exactly what Stadia does, 
on it gives you access to all the games that are on Game Pass. You don't have to buy anything extra. And if you're an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate um, subscriber, you get that shit for free. It's yeah, insane. it's just it's just th- so, thrown in. So it's like uh, and that service, Spotify, I, I, that I service worked. Crazy. It worked. There was no latency. PSO2 to the West. I mean, Profane's <laughs> <laughs> great with the segues. <laughs> Because oh, I've actually go. got PSO2 news. Yeah, so we did. We got that amazing fucking drop of of New Genesis and then a lot of really confused people. I've been watching reactions to that trailer and not a single person wasn't confused because it was also taglined PSO2. People are just like, oh, it's PSO3! Oh, it's PSO... PSO2! <laughs> like, some people are like yeah. really confused. Sega finally actually came out and said there was an article, a rock, paper, shotgun, and they confirmed exactly what it is. New Genesis will be a new standalone continuation of Fantasy Star Online 2, set 1,000 years after the base game. New Genesis takes place in an entirely open world, but your characters will be compatible with the original PSO2, which is getting its own graphical update alongside New Genesis. So it See, is a new important. game. It's just an update, though. It is separate. Oh. It's, it's separate, but it's an update to the original game. You choose... When you boot the game up, I think there's going to be a, a lobby selection where you get to choose oh. your PSO2 like legacy and then PSO2... Um, new gen. So if you want to hop off and do PSO2 original content, you can take your new character, fancy looking dude, and take them through that way. I think it's a, it's very stupid, but b, it's also very clever what they've done, because when when Fantasy Star Online 2 released in the West, a lot of people were like, "What the fuck is this? I've never heard of it," and a very few, (laughs) a very small number were like, "Oh my fucking god, where did this come from?" It's yeah. finally happening. And Fantasy Star Online 2, just the name there, has a lot more weight than the original Fantasy Star Online ever did. Because bear in mind, that was restricted to PC players, Dreamcast players that had online play, and GameCube players that had online play. I don't know anybody, um, apart from myself, that had Dreamcast online with like the full keyboard and shit. Never really got to use it. Or the GameCube online access. I only ever saw the GameCube adapter for online. I never ever saw anyone actually own it. I saw it in yeah. a store. So PSO2 is immediately a very weighty name. And people know about it because it got revealed at the Xbox conference. And they're like, we're bringing it to the West. You wanted it. We bought it. No one expected Microsoft to do it. Um, and it's been really popular. The only problem was the uh, the launch. And that seems to have smoothed itself out really popular, it's doing really well. They wouldn't want to move away from that. So they're thinking we're going to ease Western players into it by slowly uh, drip feeding them the Japanese content bit by bit. And that will lead up to the release of this whole new expansion, this whole new rethinking of the game. So people are familiar with it, but by the time they're starting to get burnt out, there's this whole plethora of new content for them to enjoy. Yeah. Without risk of calling it Fantasy Star Online Free, yeah, you know nobody knows what Fantasy Star Online Free is. Nobody has like eight years of 
Fantasy Star Online 3 being this really consistent, solidly updated game, Fantasy Star Online 2 has this legacy it's... now of constant updates, cosmetics, great balancing, good response yep. to feedback. It's a very safe bet because they've they've just got they've got the Xbox folks and like the games on console and people are enjoying it on console, and this is like just a major update and it's it's we've only just technically had our release of Fantasy Star Online two, so they're not ready to say forget all that time for this new thing. It's 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 a very clever way of doing it. Um, that's for sure. I watched Maximilian Dude's reaction to the play. Uh... The new generation, new Genesis. Yeah. Trailer was quite funny. She was like, This PSO3? Like, dude, we were just talking about this. We were talking about this. Yeah. I only just started playing PSO2. Fuck that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that game. He literally but, says that. He does. Yeah. yeah it's like, you know what? Yeah. Because the gameplay looks so fluid. Even the Hunter that just looks, it's just so slow and sluggish in the game until you get his movement text looks fast just doing the basic dashes and stuff yeah reading the blog like it's it, it the kind of the way they word it is that they were starting to think about episode seven for like the japanese release and they just said nah we're gonna we're gonna do something different we're gonna like just overhaul the whole fucking thing like obviously they were kind of maybe butting heads with the engine i guess maybe getting to a point where they were like we're kind of starting to hit the limitations when we're wanting to produce this new content. So they just balls to the wall, made something like major overhaul. Because this is the second time it's had this, well, not to this level, but a kind of graphical overhaul because it got a PlayStation 4 release in Japan and a PS Vita release. Oh. Um, and it got a uh, an extra preset on the PC release to make it look equivalent to the PlayStation 4 and PS Vita versions. Um, so it's not entirely new to this game. But this level of overhaul, like we're talking engine overhaul level shit. Yeah. New character creator and everything. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And it's compatible with all your cosmetic items, all your weapons, all your mags and stuff. I'm... <laughs> tell, tell me that's not like some kind of feat of uh, management. It's pretty damn like, impressive, really. It makes me wonder how... Like you get a professional team that develops Anthem, and then you get a team that's managed the game for years and manages to update it, bring it all across. Um, Lovely segue again there. <laughs> little shit. He's literally looking at the list. It's like, right, how can we do this? <laughs> ba boom! Another one. Beautiful segue. Yeah. Yeah, so Anthem 2, we started to get a bunch of news. Anthem 2, I'm sorry, Anthem 2.0. There's a new uh, studio head, Christian Daly, and he started kind of talking about the decision-making process and teasing a few things. We've got some concept art, we've got some, this is definitely being added, that definitely won't be, we are going to fuck with this, we ain't going to fuck with that kind of decisions. And it's the most vocal they've been since they've said that they're doing this for a long-ass time. We need a lot more before I even get anywhere near hopeful. It's definitely the right direction. There is a blog post that's supposed to go out in the next couple of days. 
that's going to detail a lot of this all together in one big dump, I believe. Like, that's an official Bioware um, thing. The operative word. Well, that's Do you a, have a link to the... Uh... I think it's just Bioware's blog. I think the last update on it is uh, was May. Very presumptuous Ooh. of them to call it Anthem 2.0. There wasn't even an Anthem 0.5. Well, this is it. <laughs> Can we have Anthem, Anthem 1 first? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Like, I got on a plane on Tuesday, went to Australia, it's Thursday. What the fuck happened to Wednesday? Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck happened to Anthem 1? Like, yeah, where, where the fuck is this? A couple of cool <laughs> things that they're adding. They're adding a new faction called Pirates, which can ride on Wyverns and ride on Ursics. They're adding swords to the game, a new javelin. Um, and it was all going really well. They released concept art. They they were like teasing these ideas and like removing Fort Tarsus as a as a thing that you walk around and introducing it as a stronghold that you can move around in your javelin and stuff. All great ideas. And then today, the topic of PvP came up. Which Christian Daly said, funnily enough, what we do is we have these internal game jam things where we take concepts and ideas and, and throw some stuff together and try it. Would you believe there are a couple builds of Anthem that are Battle Royale and Battlegrounds style PvP shooters floating around the office? Oh my god, I know exactly where this is going. So imagine there's going to be a mode. I can I can smell it coming. There's going to be a mode selection option, or from that lobby, there'll be a different fucking person you talk to. Would you like to do the battle royale? Click button, yes. How's that going to work when everybody's flying? I, I don't even want to think about it too much. It'll just make me angry. Like, but <laughs> but I can I can see it now. Like, oh, the anthem of creation. They they already use storms in the primary story. They'll be like, oh, it's one big one of them cataclysms. Everybody run to the middle. Get into the eye of the storm. Oh, yeah. There's going to be like bounties like in fucking Warzone. Oh, God. Yeah. Objectives so that you have to go and do. You're incentivized to put yourself out there and people are going to fight over them and shit. I can see it now. Mate, I can see it The now. only way they can make it work, though, is surely they would have to disable flight. And that's like one of the f biggest awesome parts of the game. There were two things that they got right in that game. The flight and the gunplay. That were all very enjoyable elements of that game. And that's it. Like, nothing else went well. In that Jason Schreier article that was on Kotaku, I think. Mm -hmm. Was it on... It was, on it was Kotaku, yeah. Um, I think they talked about, like, the flying was, like, taken in and taken out constantly. They it didn't was. know if they wanted to stick with the flying or not. And um, maybe that's a remnant of it. Maybe we'll just take it out. The, maybe. the game works without they, they, flying. In the blog post, um, he said, we know that the movement it was by far the most popular part of the game. And he said that the gunplay was solid. And he said, and people were like asking him the question on Twitter, like, how much is this going to change? And he said, we are, we've been made fully aware of what works and what doesn't in Anthem. We spent a lot of time working on the gunplay and the movement. And we don't want to rip that out. We want to work on it. So yeah. that still doesn't fill me with confidence, but at least it's not 
it's going to update and it's going to play like fucking third person Destiny 2. I mean, <laughs> that's what it sounds like it's going to go down. Like, they'll probably have a crucible element where it's yeah. like you can hop into a PvP zone or something like that, which, fine, you know, not something I want to play. But if it gets more people involved and therefore they have a higher player base so they're willing to invest more time in the PvE content, then, then I mean, okay. What, I don't particularly it's mind. It's a no-brainer. Like, the cosmetics. And let's face it, the one of the most appealing things about that game was how you could customise your own awesome Iron Man-looking motherfucker. Yeah. And the variance of metals, the colours you could unlock, was awesome. The only issue was there's, like two variants of each armor piece for each javelin and you look at destiny one and destiny two you've got covenants that specialize in pve content and then you've got the crucible covenant where you can get this really sick gladiator looking shit that says i enjoy the pvp content this is my character he's a fucking gladiator he's yeah. fucking badass he'll rip your fucking head off or you can be like yeah i killed a shit ton of enemies in pve and that's why my character looks like this it's a no fucking brainer like release yeah. cosmetic shit yeah they had that gold metal thing oh there wasn't there a stupid achievement that required like something like a thousand hours of play before you be somebody figured it Actually, out <laughs> one person has tweeted out they got that and that was like a couple of months ago and they hadn't stopped playing the game since release yeah, that's how stupid that was. Yeah, and it didn't look much different from like there was a, I think it was called limelight or something like that. Color. Yeah, it there's, was like yellow, yeah. plasticky yellow. That's it. You put the right um, material on the yellow, it looks pretty much the same anyway. Yeah, it looks pretty much the same. Actually, more abilities, more armor pieces, uh, <laughs> markings. Yeah. They're fucking jet colours, like the streams like in No Man's Sky, I saw on your stream that you could customise what colours they were. Yeah, you your jetpack. Yeah. Like, give me that shit, yeah. Change the colour of my jets, that's awesome. I'm a free yeah. agent! Come on! Hire <laughs> me, I'm right here! Come on! Yeah, I mean, there's so much that they could do. I think the slamming of Anthem was fully expected because... I mean, we felt the disappointment real hard because, I mean, when I I had that NDA access and I played the game, I was like, oh my God, like this this is going to be fantastic. And I fired it up a couple of weeks ago and I played that opening sequence again. God damn, it was fluid. It was nice. The, the gunplay was awesome. The cinematics played and they were great and it all tied it together. And then I got to Fort Tarsis and I all left forward. Like, so it was like, it, it was so close it was so close, but it just missed so many marks. <laughs> yeah. I, also, the amount of time that it's taken them to get to this point is is a little bit disheartening as well. I understand they want to take their time, but the fact that they only just recently announced like the incubation phase makes me think that this discussion and this talk and this release of information still doesn't mean that we're going to see anything for like another couple of years. And at that point, surely people have moved on. Like you can't wait like three years after the release for something good. I forget how long it took what? with No Man's Sky. Like I think it was like six now. months or something. Yeah. Did it run on the Cry Engine? 
Um, it's uh, oh, frostbite. Frostbite. Yeah, frostbite. yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, if it's going to release in the next two years, this Anthem Two, or they're going to update Anthem in two years, it is going to look so outdated. Mm-hmm. You got Unreal Engine Five coming out, a new generation of consoles coming out, unless they do some kind of PSO two level graphical overhaul for that game, it's gonna look aged. And it can play as well as it wants to a lot of people. Graphics are like this puts me off if it looks dated. Um and that game did not perform well on, on like a, a hardware level um in the first place running the way it did. Um it's sorry I sent a message. Yeah, sorry. Oh yeah, um, let's have a look. It didn't run very well Putting it in on chat as well. any PC. Like there was an issue with the V-Sync that made it stutter like a motherfucker. Um, I don't know how the hell they're gonna do it. They're gonna have to release some. They're gonna have to hurry the fuck up, frankly. If they want to build up that anticipation and they want to get that player base back in and have it be regarded as a successful game, it needs to happen right fucking now so that they have time to then say thanks for joining us guys that was great now here's anthem 2 on next gen consoles like they're running out of time <laughs> if they want to do that they really are all oh, right yeah so that with the with the times that you've posted there some so no man's sky got its initial release i think it was around august in 2016 yes. it was 12 i think and then the foundation update was released that same year so that was an update. That wasn't a major thing. It was like the ability to build bases, which was nice, but it didn't address a lot of the problems people had. Then the so Pathfinder update came out, next. which... Yeah, No Man's Sky Next was the huge one because that was when it released on Xbox. Um, but it also then included things like Ringed Planets, third-person view, proper multiplayer, like everything. That's when we got the No Man's Sky that we were kind of promised originally. So that's two years. So that was 2018 um, that we got that. So when did um, Anthem release? It was like March 2018? 2019? February March. 22nd, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Fuck. It's... So it feels like a longer... It feels like it was released in like 2016 at this point. It does, doesn't it? Like... It died so quickly for us. Well, we put in a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah, if we still that. managed to find between eighty and a hundred hours. To, yeah, to put into those two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then they introduced Beyond in twenty nineteen, which was the free VR thing. And the most recent yeah. update, twenty twenty, was Desolation, which was the abandoned freighters thing, which is actually fucking cool. The really cool thing about the No Man's Sky updates is that they started off really slow, and like progressively every year they've been adding an extra update. So like 2017 had two, 2018 had three, 2019 had three, and 2020 had four, and it's only halfway through the year. Yeah. Yeah, that's when they added the living ship. This year they added the living ship, the Exomech uh, crossplay. I didn't even know that was a thing, and then the new Desolation update. Uh, it's impressive stuff. It makes me want to play yeah. it, like as a thing, it's just good. for fun. It it, yeah. it is a lot of fun. It is good. It is a good yeah, game. I booted it up last week. 
it was the first time since it came out. And my big beef was I just felt immediately overwhelmed. Yes, the tutorials are shit. I've noticed that. Yeah. That is that is the tricky part of it, I think. I think now, because there's so much content... I mean, hopefully that'll be something that they address now that they're getting like, good content out there. They'll go back and look at the new player experience, kind of like how Warframe did. But uh, I mean, it, Warframe at its worst, at least you had some downtime to get used to the things it was telling you. Yeah. With No Man's Sky, I felt like it was, right, you've done this. Now, before you absorb that information... Here's some more information. Here's your ship, by the way. You've got to repair it. You've got to repair this one thing using this very specific material. But here's how you find this specific material. And they go find that specific material. To get the specific material, you have to do this. Oh, you've run out of energy in your laser. You have to refill your energy in your laser with this material. Go grab this material. Refill your laser. And, it's like... and then you go back to the ship. And it's like, ah, three more fucking things need fixing. You're like, and <laughs> yeah. And yeah. in making it worse as well. In the middle of all that, every now and again, it's like, it's getting too cold, you need to go back into your ship because it's getting too cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that I as well. I started in a fucking radiated area. <laughs> yeah. I was fuming, literally. Yeah. yeah. I think the best way to jump in now is to do it with buddies that have an established base so that you can get to them. You can get in their base, you can grab all their materials, and you can just fucking get okay, into the mate. game. Got more chance of finding Luigi in Mario 64 than I have playing mates that are used to that <laughs> Take it away, Profane. Go on. <laughs> Would you believe that the Giga League occurred with uh, Nintendo again? The same, I think it's the same source that released the um, Mario 64 dump that led to the native Win 10 PC version. Some fucking love that. Um... <laughs> It happened again, and they got a shit ton. They got the mother load. They got the source code for Mario 64, a Ooh. ton of SNES games, or a folder called Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and Ocarina of Time 2. They found um, it's just a copy of the old one. SNES games. Yeah, they made a couple of changes to it, just in case they fucked it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it was actually called Ocarina of Time slash copy uh, <laughs> open bracket one <laughs> or copy two or some shit uh, dash shortcut like <laughs> fucking um, but yeah they dug through the they dug through the files and they tracked down a model textures sound effects hood elements for Luigi now Luigi was one of those original like www.supercheats.com or game winners myths um, where you're like, oh, you got to do all this shit, blah, 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 and then go to this very specific place at this very specific time, interact with this thing, and you'll unlock Luigi to play in the game. Not a thing. But he is entirely playable now using the original model, the original assets that they had intended to use. Um, and it's a massive thing because it's... It, it, I love shit that like this. Myth. It's 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 so fucking cool. I I love shit like that. Like they've got all this source code for like twenty years past, and some like even um, this massive team of developers that are like have moved on with their lives and really like think that it's completely insignificant. But there's this huge part of internet culture that it, it just goes wild over finding these things. I I think it's um, amazing when this sort of shit happens. It's fucking great. One of the other games found, um, if Twitter will let me look at my fucking profile, um, 
Oh, <laughs> I also, there's also this picture of um, uh, I think it's me and well, we're looking really fucked up, looking at his phone, screaming at it, saying, "What do you mean they put Luigi back into the game?" <laughs> um, put it in chat. It's fucking incredible. I'll check that out. <laughs> oh my um, god! <laughs> they also found um, Star Fox stuff. Oh really? Uh, do you tell? Lilac Wars stuff or original Star Fox stuff? Uh, I think it's the original one. The the, the SNES was it? And uh, the one of the original developers had this to say about it. There seems to have been some massive leak of Star Fox source code, and people are more interested in finding the word "fuck" in my comments than they are by the fact <laughs> that they had one of the first multi-threaded tokenized script languages ever used in a game. Guess how many comments it's got? I'm not shitting oh, you. No, has it really? Look at this. You cannot write this crap, man. Fuck's sake. And it reminded me of... 69. Um, yeah, of course it fucking did. It reminded me of... Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, fuck. Last night. Yesterday? It would have been yesterday. Shit. Quake free lighting algorithm. Um, Fast inverse square root. Okay. Now, Quake free had amazing lighting for its time. Hmm. Right? And that is through use of this algorithm that basically calculates lighting and reflections uh, across the entirety of a map for multiplayer online game, which back then... It's just not heard of. And uh, John Carmack and this other guy um, yeah, says here, the algorithm was originally attributed to John Carmack, you know, famous for his work uh, with id, uh, Wolfenstein, Doom, etc. But an investigation showed that the code had deeper roots in both the hardware and software side of computer graphics. Adjustments and alterations passed through both Silicon Graphics and 3DFX Interactive with Gary Taroli's implementation for the SGI Indigo as the earliest known use. Uh, it is not known how the constant was originally derived, though investigation has shed some light on possible methods. The comments, this is actual quake-free code. Um, it's it's basically a float uh, class, which is used in the lighting code. And it says like, I equals star, open bracket, long star, close bracket, ampersand, y, semicolon. Commented, evil floating point bit level hacking. The next line, I equals an address in hex uh, minus I, uh, the power of one, comment, what the fuck? <laughs> official, <laughs> official comment. Um, <laughs> official code comment, then. I like that. Is that the... He still, to this day, doesn't quite know how it works. It just yeah. does. Isn't that, that, that's like a legendary comment, isn't it? Yeah. Or was it, that another this was the like original. Oh my god! Developers put fuck in their games, um, and I love it for obvious reasons. So, yeah. so do we? Like, is there like any theories on like why this works? Uh, there must be. Um, I'm sure someone's worked it out. Um, I don't. I've not really read through most of the. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what the um, fuck? Where's Swede? <laughs> just, uh, oh, shit. Never 
That's um, what it is. <laughs> at the time, the general method to compute the inverse square root was calculating an approximation for one uh, x and revised that approximation for another method until it came with an acceptable error range of the actual results. So room for error, but next to none that you could notice with human eyes. Common software methods in the early 1990s drew approximations from a lookup table. The key of the fast inverse square root was to directly compute an approximation by utilizing the structure of floating point numbers, proving faster than table lookups. The algorithm was approximately four times faster than computing square root with another method in calculating the reciprocal via floating point division. Um, the algorithm was designed with um, a 32-bit floating point specification in mind, but Vegas investigation from Crystal Lumet showed that it could be implemented in other floating point specifications. So they hmm. know how it works, but at the time, I think it was... I think black magic. Bashing his head against the wall, it's trying it's... to get black to, to perform as well as he wanted to, and finally did it and he's like really that fucking block of code is what did it this specific it's, line it's really interesting because like how like if he didn't know how it worked how did he get to the conclusion that this would work good old bit of I trial really and error i imagine that's a lot of trial and error i believe i mean this is this 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 guy's like got the brain of a fucking supercomputer he will have an archive of algorithms in the back of his head that work out how to calculate certain uh, values have come to certain results and he will have probably at that point been going through a list of them in his head like this didn't work this didn't work this didn't work until finally he found the one that oh i see okay. yeah but um, why does this work wait that shouldn't work there like one of those happy mistakes oh shit i shouldn't have put that line there wait a minute everything works why yeah. i think everyone who's like dabbled in code will have these moments though right like why is that working yeah usually they happen, not as much as they used to. No. <laughs> um, usually it's not, why is this working? It's usually, what have I fucked now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And usually if something does work when they're not supposed to, it leads to issues later on when you try to implement around it. It's just like, uh, that's yeah. why it takes me so long to do anything nowadays because I try to do things. I, I, I won't just go forward and say, I want to set a player movement and just make the player move around like I want to, whilst I'm setting up movement, set up like collisions and, you know, speeds and uh, inertia and shit like that at the same time. Setting yeah. up ahead of time so that I know things will work. But even then, leads to issues, or not issues, where something will work. Like, for example, that Zelda framework I showed off. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, where you can pull and push these blocks. Not once had I tested, like, once you're pulling or pushing your block moving back in the direction you would just come from, it just works. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. It just works. <laughs> the electricity works in the game. I don't know why that's a meme. That's so annoying. It just works. It does just work. <laughs> the rest of the game, maybe not. Wasn't there some issue where power wasn't... Something wasn't receiving power? Like I should remember there being something associated with it. But this was very early on, and it got fixed almost immediately. He was aware that some that it didn't work, and that it was buggy as fuck. That's why he made the joke. And all of this, of course, just works. He, he was being self-aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom Edwards a pretty good presence on a stage. It's, it's mm. a weird thing, though, because now it comes across as like there was this self-awareness <laughs> it's almost like the fourth wall kind of thing. Was like. Yeah, I'm self-aware. Uh, we make some buggy games because they always reference it now. It's like the the thing to do, and I, I appreciate it. Um, 
but it's almost like there's like this uh, confidence in it. It just works, right? It just works, right? This time it just works. Um, but yeah, because he he has saved so many of their conferences. But yeah. Yeah. Before I digress, I think it's really good that there's been no E3 this year because I think. I, I don't think a Bethesda conference would have gone down quite as well. I think that we level sure of attitude. Have a party. <laughs> <laughs> Those there've been some know. really really good like Bethesda content, right? Like Deathloop looks amazing. Yeah, is that I wrote Bethesda. 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 Oh yes. The um, worst thing Bethesda ever did. Um not the Julian K. Is it Julian K? Who was it? Um, okay, not the performance of the band, but the worst thing they ever did was tease Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, that was a bad idea. Too early. Too early. Well. It wasn't. I was surprised. Development. And uh, they had two yeah. new releases. They they did it. I imagine to like bolster the conference that they'd got, mm-hmm. but at the same time. Try to calm or qualm the um, when's Elder Scrolls 6? When are we going to hear about Elder Scrolls yeah, 6? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, you've heard about Elder Scrolls 6 now, shut the fuck up. And now, like two or three years after the fact, people are like, so how's Elder Scrolls 6 going? And uh, someone from Bethesda, someone relatively high up, had a negative Twitter response to someone. Um, let's see. Um, Is it Pete Hines? I think it might have been Pete Hines ES6. Pissy. Uh, here we go. Um, uh, oh, come on. Oh, here we go. Here we go. His first tweet was like, uh, it's after Starfield, which you pretty much know nothing about. So if you're coming at me for details now and not years from now, I'm failing to properly manage your expectations, which is fine. Um, uh, Dan's Gaming says, I can't wait to see the big reveal on Starfield. I hope Todd does one of his long deep dives into it. Pete Hines says, someday, Dan, someday. Some, And then this guy says, Sunday? The subreddit's about to go nuts. To which Pete Hines responds, Jesus fucking Christ, you guys are impossible. Enjoy your disappointment. Everybody <laughs> got fucked off. I, I like me. And it's like, you know what? They shouldn't have made the teaser, but at the same time, I feel for the guy. I really do. P. Hines uh, once said that um, he's glad he gets all the hate so his team doesn't get any of it. And I like that about him. It made me respect him a lot. He seems like a There's... good dude. I, I've missed E3 this year because it's almost like that week long. You know, it's kind it's of like a like, ritual, kind of isn't it? Sad. It's going to be like it's like my Glastonbury of the year. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to sleep on the sofa and then wake up and realize, oh shit, I'm supposed to be live in five minutes. It's two a.m. and fucking Sony about to not announce Bloodborne on PC. <laughs> I need to be up for this. Um. So like, I I like what we're doing now. Where we are getting like the shoot the shits in and stuff. It's just like there was that nice week to look forward to where it was we settled into it um and it was pretty hype and now it's kind of it's cool uh, i'm glad we're getting more though like if it if what we'd got now was that was that 
that sort of the year until next year, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, I feel so like we've got more one. this year than previous years, but I don't. I wonder if that's just because it's been so spaced out. I feel like I've had more. They've trimmed the fat. Yeah, that's they've just... trimmed a lot. Of fat. They've trimmed a lot of the corporate stuff as well. Like, yeah, hey, and we're we're bringing you the games today, and it's going to be amazing, and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, well, it's because it gets to go through. Because like he has to. You know, then, yeah, there needs to be a little. The conferences are more of an investor circle jerk than anything that yeah. we get to watch. Yeah, um, but this time it felt like it was actually directed at us. The proper marketing same. videos, aren't they? Somebody's edited them. Somebody's made sure there's a good flow. You know, rather than doing like, a, it's not PR anymore. It's marketing. We didn't have the uh, EA conference of last year where it was two hours of sports. And yeah. Sims. Yeah. It's they like, had no, sports no. way better this year, I think. Yeah, I wonder if that's down to like just lack of information on news. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether companies are starting to wise up a little bit, especially like with the uh with the BlizzCon like Diablo Immortal fucking debacle. Um they're maybe wising up to their audiences, like People who buy tickets for things like BlizzCon are hardcore Blizzard fans and they don't want to hear you announcing a Diablo mobile game when they've been starved of Diablo content for years. Like, do you guys not have phones? <laughs> what? Imagine, I mean, that is, that is sending... It's so tone deaf. That's sending them over the wall in yeah. fucking... Or one that's like it. out your bed you're going over today that was those presenters that day yeah they were dead on arrival they were they really so were yeah anything to recover that and they got so much hate for it. it's like they are reading off a script that is i mean now predetermined by the actions of a company that they have no control over <laughs> they're just they're, they're the messenger yeah and you just burn them alive and i'm sure that they- a development team worked real fucking hard on that game and wanted to show it off. I bet it's probably pretty good as well. I bet it is, yeah. I, I can't imagine there was a single... If any of them had any nous, they were like, yeah, it's a job, but fuck me if I'm not relocating under like the Protection Act after it's released <laughs> or announced. I'd be getting <laughs> my family... I don't know how many people that has to go through. Like, And they're like, oh yeah, we'll <laughs> announce this at... BlizzCon, where all our PC fanboys will be sat in the audience waiting to hear about the next World of Warcraft expansion, and that have been begging us for years for a new Diablo game on PC. That's the best place to do it. I, I just don't know how it got to the point where they thought that was that was a good idea. Yeah, uh, and Diab- the Diablo 4 announcement that we got last year or the year before was a direct response to the fact that people were so pissed off with the announcement for him all. Because they built it up. They built it up so much. But they even said, don't expect a Diablo announcement. Which they made did, yeah, people expect that. a Diablo announcement. Because yeah, they thought, oh, they're giving us the old switcheroo, are they? There was no way they could win. They, they just couldn't win. But to then build up Diablo Immortal, show gameplay and be like, this is a new experience. And everyone in the audience is like, holy shit, we're getting it. For iOS and Android. I know that feeling. <laughs> On the App Store, dude. <laughs> On the App Store, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can see that helicopter flying over Nam. There he is. <laughs> On the App Store. Dude. On the App Store, dude. Um, I have never been more hype for a fairy getting eaten by a frog in my life. Not since I discovered that new category of hentai. Whoa. Fable's going to be great. MMO, uh, best I can, MMO. I can't wait for this MMO to release. It's going to be fantastic. Oh. What a life service it's going to be. They're, they're changing. I, I hear they're changing it from action combat to like an instant action tab-based thing where I've you just press the game. button and it does. I've, yeah, I've, I've heard it was a deck builder. Oh, even better. <laughs> Fucking hell, can you imagine? I can't wait for Duke to go live after it's revealed and his webcam turns on. It's just like a pair of legs hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> oh, no. Like Sayori. For those who don't know, Sir, Sir Duke is a... Is, fuck's sake. Why do you have to remind me of that? Sir Duke is a big fan of Fable 4 and has been waiting for this release for a while and everybody seems to think it's an MMO and he's not best pleased. Ooh. Some French guy on Twitter said it's going to be VR only, so that must be a fact. There you go. Speaking of MMO... Um... I guess nothing's stopping us now, mate, from jumping into FF14. Yeah. I hate that as well. Yeah. I mean, we can yeah. we can hop into that, spend the first 10 levels before we can even party up, just ripping the shit out of the game. I mean, I might stick on the pizza time music and just do it. <laughs> and then I'll get all the way to you and I'll realise I've got class tutorials all the way back. <laughs> Oh. You are not a high enough level to access this area. Fuck! <laughs> we just hear this muffled fuck over the wall. What the hell is that? <laughs> well, um, we've um, got some game releases to look at. Let me see if hi. this. I'm looking this, at that list right now. Uh, let's have a look. Does this seem. Oh. Work? No. Yes, it does. There you go. Look at that. Oh, Ooh, look at that. Pornhub! <laughs> Porn. Nice. I like. Or if you, um, if you it's an edge specifically, so it doesn't have any of you. <laughs> Incognito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my porn is my own. Find your own, motherfuckers. Right. Okay. So. I don't need mine on you, son. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that yet folder? Fuck's sake. Yuck it up, fellas. Yuck uh, it up. So for PS4 this next week, made of skur. I, I had a look at this. It's like a, it's another first-person survival horror using. It says British folklore there, which is bullshit. It's Welsh folklore Ooh, specifically. Um, I think that counts. I think British. I mean, is it does cover it, but it kind of feels a bit disingenuous to say British folklore. Like it's it's Welsh folklore. Like tell us tell us right games. Um, Destroy All Humans, the remaster, actually looks like a lot of fun. That's coming out on PC as well. And I don't think Switch... No. Oh, look at how Metacritic scores Destroy All Humans. Fuck! Oh, no. Sorry, mate. (laughs) Free in one stream. Other sides coming out. I think that's that's also on Xbox One and PC PC, Yeah. That looks really good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically, it looks like it's um, 
a solid mix of XCOM and uh, Darkest Dungeon. Uh, and it's got a, like a strong horror vibe. It's very stylistic. It looks like a lot of fun. So that's coming out soon. Carrion's already been released. Uh, Rock of Ages that 3. Nicole. Nicole looks like it's going to be a thrilling adventure. <laughs> um, have you guys played the Rock of Ages games? They're like no, never Monty Python-esque graphics, but it's basically like, it's kind of like Super Monkey Ball. You roll a boulder down and try and knock everything down. But it's got like Monty Python-style humour. It looks like a lot of fun. I've never played them, though. Um, I do have a copy of Rock of Ages, but I've never played it. Who the fuck was begging for a Tyler Tasmanian Tiger release? Oh, dear. Is that... the... Which... Do you remember Wait. the advert? Wait, yes, Pyro like... crashing Sonic and Mario in a hospital bed, all with boomerangs in their spines or some shit. And then <laughs> yeah. he walks in looking all cocky, and then his game did really, really bad. And so did the sequel that got developed for some reason. Who's the developer of that again? Fuck knows. You remember the guy who made it, right? Uh... Crisis also... Remastered's coming to the Switch? Yeah. He also made uh, okay. Gears of War, right? Cliff Blazinski? Wasn't that the same guy? No, he made Jazz Jackrabbit. Uh, ah, okay. That's where I made it. Jizz Jackrabbit. <laughs> yeah. Panzer Paladin. Never heard of it. Coming out for the Switch. It's fucking awesome. Is it really? Mate, that that game is right up your alley. You can draw your weapon. Oh, is you that the one make... you were telling me about? Yeah, ah. dude. It's a bit like, um, you know that NES game where you were driving the tank and you could jump out of it and platform around? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit like that, but it's... Uh, you know the mechs in Mega Man X? Yeah. It plays a bit like that, it looks like. So all, all the, the the plot of the story is loads of weapons fall upon the planet, robots grab a hold and they start killing all the humans. You're this chick that pilots this giant mech, you can steal the weapons off of enemies and you can beat the shit out of them, you can level them up, you can level your mech up. Um, it's a 2D platformer, really nice 8-bit style graphics. Oh, I'm in. Um, and there's Gotta magic this, this builds shit. in it. The magic build is basically you collect a weapon, you hold R to destroy it, and it shoots out projectiles that are different depending on what weapon you picked up. Oh, cool. The speedrunning potential of this game looks fucking awesome. I love games with good speedrunning potential so that I can try and do a speedrun for like a solid week after playing a game and then never do it again. Um, uh, Symphony right. of Night was, uh, I, I played Symphony of the Night on stream and then about a month later I uh, got into speedrunning it and a lot of fun infuriating but fun hmm. um, <laughs> I, 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 I started learning some trick jumps in Ocarina of Time so like you can skip um, a big portion of the Deku tree get the heart piece on in the windmill early stuff like that and getting those tricks the first time is great. And then never getting them again sucks. But when you start getting them consistently, it's the most satisfying thing. It's like Metroid oh, yeah. Prime. I am still learning places where I can jump uh, and scan dash to get across yeah. those. Like some, you know that area where in the ruins where I would try to scan dash off the wasps to get to that platform on the right-hand side near the entrance. And I'd fuck it up a number of times before finally doing it in a different way entirely. Yeah. I found a consistent way of doing it. 
And it's so satisfying. I can get every item in that room with the double jump now. I don't need anything else. I don't need the grapple hook, don't need wave beam, don't need the boost ball. And I can... I, I've barely been playing it, but I dicked around for an hour and the other day just trying to find stuff. And when you find something like that, it's so satisfying. It opens up a lot of possibilities and uh, skips. Yeah, it's... I cannot recommend, recommend finding a speed game enough. Just one. Find one that you really, really enjoy and do it. And yeah. It's got a randomizer yeah. even better. I'm going to try and give Carrion a good go because it's nice to be in that community when a game first releases as well because you get mm -hmm. to see like the development of the tricks and stuff. Um, so I'm going to hang around for that. Other release-wise, there isn't really all that much exciting over this next week. Um, I think we've got something coming up in like the next few weeks. Maybe like there's there's some stuff coming out in August. But uh... mate, how could you skip it? How what? could you skip Hentai Swimming Club <laughs> coming out? <laughs> coming out two days ago. Coming out two days ago. Yeah, could you spell that out for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll send a link in chat if you want. C U W M I N G O U T. <laughs> Coming to a yeah. SOM stream near you. I hear Ori is a fantastic speedrun, Laura, and apparently the community is really welcoming. Oh, there Fez you go. Fez is fun as fuck. For me. It's a shame it's a shit game. Look here, you little <laughs> shit. I'll bring, I'll bring Gomez with me. I really enjoyed playing through Fez. I'm not going to lie. I did. Mostly. There, uh, fucking hell, there's even, um, oh, what's the farming game called? The real Booplets? one. Something Valley. Oh, Stardew. Stardew, yeah. Stardew Valley, yeah, that's got speedrunning. I think, was it, hmm. um. Oh, is it a co op speedrun speed as well? Runs. There's, look, dude, there's so many categories for it. There's like, hmm. I think it's similar to Harvest Moon, there are certain goals that you can meet, like, uh, I think, um, was it. Lana Roost did marry certain person speedruns. Harvest Moon. Yeah, in Harvest Moon. And she's Magic got some Melody. in them. Yeah. I think she's yeah. barely been running them like three, four weeks and she's got world records in a couple of the categories. It's insane. Yeah. She you does a lot some, of runs. Put some time and effort in and like pick a, you know, get a decent strategy and just put the time in. It's definitely achievable. Just, I, I feel like I've got ADHD when it comes to like what I want to play, when I want to play it. I can never settle on a fucking game. It's doing my editing. Oh, dude. Um, I, I've had this problem for a while now where I'll think, yeah, I want to play this game and I'll play it. I'll finally I'll build up the energy and the commitment to play it. This is, yeah, the commitment. I'm calling it that. And I'll play it for 10 minutes and go, I'm fucking bored. Yeah. And it's Dark Souls. Dark Souls has oh, done that to me. That's a shame. I can't play Dark Souls anymore. Um, yeah. I have played those games to death, and um, because nothing else gives me that feel of like the weighty combat that has the skill involved, nothing else appeals. Like Neo is a different beast altogether. Sekiro just doesn't scratch the same itch at all. It scratches an itch. I played a bit of it again not too long ago um, mm. uh, for for a few hours over a couple of days, and it's. The, the problem with Sekiro is the enemies are so much more satisfying to fight than the bosses. Yeah. Um, the bosses are a memory game. 
where you remember two or three poses and you know how to react and you remember how to react and then it's done the enemies it feels like you can play with them a little bit you can use your tools you can choose when to attack you can choose when to pay but bosses just block all of your attacks until they're winded or leave a very rare opening and so it doesn't leave you much maneuverability. Yeah. um but um yeah, nothing nothing has been scratching that itch and even these games that are coming out like on the 30th on thursday hell points coming out and i wish listed that and lot lottie's actually bought it for me i tried the demo out wasn't a fan apparently it's changed a lot since then um but i am it feels like a clunky version of demon souls Oof. that's a shame yeah so did I, you thursday you... i'll go i'll probably stream it hmm. um i'll be good then to see there I know, you, I know where you're going, Brit. I can't remember what the fucking name was called. Mortal Shell. Mortal Shell, yeah. You, you played the demo, right? Check I did. I watched Co play some of it, and it looked really promising. The combat's really, really nice. Mm. Um, what it's limited by is it's wants to be hard. You know, it, it's like someone considering trying to per, considering purchasing Viagra off a TV advert. It's like. Yeah, you know what? I want to be hard regardless of the consequences. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> like, you have the characters. You, ha you have the base character. If you can't do a lot, you collect these characters as you go. And you can occupy their bodies and you can use their various weapons. But there's no point. If you're the knight, you might as well use his, his two-handed sword. If you're the rogue, you damn well better use his blades because they have a poison effect in their fast attacks. Um... And there's yeah. almost no strategy to who you play as. It's like you play as one for one area because it's necessary. Like the second area of the demo was the depths. That's all I can compare it to because one hit off an enemy and you're poisoned and the poison lasts for like 20 seconds. The healing items are on a cooldown. They're rare to find. Um, but the rogue heals off of poison. If you're playing through that level, mm. level of the night, I got through it and got to the boss and got shit on. But it took me like a good 30 minutes just to get so used to fighting these specific enemies. Because if you get hit once, you're poisoned. You've got to run the fuck away and whatever this poison aware of. And then you've got to make the decision, do I just rest and respawn all the enemies or just go out there and die? Yeah. Um, hmm. Atmosphere, great. Weighted feel to the combat, fucking excellent. Skill trees, they suck. They That's really suck. There's no depth to it whatsoever, um, at least in the demo. Yeah. And the parry system is dependent on you having a certain gauge filled. You cannot parry if you do not have a certain gauge. Yeah, that seemed a little yeah. bullshit. It, that was different to stamina as well, wasn't it? It was like a yeah. some other uh, magic -y resolve thing. Resolve or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you get it for attacking enemies. I was like, why would something that's already a risk-reward be limited to um, how much of a specific meter you have. I don't get it. You see, this is where I'm getting confused with it does just sound like it's trying to be Dark Souls but hard. Yeah. Um, like they're adding additional complications to the gameplay just for the sake of making it more difficult. Yeah, and it's confusing because you've got these four classes, I'll call them, but like when your only option is one of those classes or you die 90% of the time, 
what's the point? I can't yeah. customize them. I, I can't choose a build like they're all their individual build. Um, I don't see why that couldn't have been like Dark Souls, because the armor looks fucking sick. The difference in very weight is really good. Like when I was playing as the rogue, I felt like a rogue. I didn't feel like I was the knight who was lumbering around with this giant sword. I felt fast. And it was a lovely contrast because I've been playing as the knight for about an hour before I found the rogue. And it felt really good. So it almost felt better than when I discovered that not wearing armor in Dark Souls 1 was better than wearing it. <laughs> yeah. But it's weighed down by um, shit like enemies poisoning you immediately in one hit. Um, if you attack first in that game, in that area, you're poisoned and probably dead. You have to respond to an enemy attack. Hmm. Which I game was this again? Hellpoint. Um, Mortal Shell. Mortal Shell. Yeah. Hellpoint has a lot of issues. It felt really, really clunky. Um, I, I felt that my turning, I got a lot larger turning um, birth than the fucking Titanic. It felt really slow, and it's it tries to go for the Bloodborne style of dashing. But it never seemed to work. Right, yeah. And when you die, you leave your stuff behind like in Dark Souls, but when you come back to collect it, it spawned an enemy that is basically a Bloodborne NPC. He has a fuck ton more health than you, he has your equipment, but it does a lot more damage, and he's protecting your, your, your souls, so to speak, along with all of the other enemies that have respawned. And the healing items are do not respawn on death. You cannot pick them up. You cannot buy them. You regenerate them by attacking enemies. Um, it feels like both of these games are trying to just be Dark Souls, but hard, i.e. making it hard by limiting your healing or your ability to learn um, how to play the game. That's a shame. That's a shame. Because... Dark Souls was always hard, but it was it was it always felt like it, it was skill based, or you were lacking some critical information that you learned by trying new things and different strategies. It never felt that you were being mechanically held back by the game to 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 make it difficult, uh, which is clearly what both of those games appear to be doing is. I know how we'll make it hard. We'll complicate things and make it so that you... Oh, you didn't parry that one because you didn't have that meter filled. You forgot. Mortal Shell, also with items, you don't know what they do until you use them a number of times. That's right, yeah. And you get more proficient with those items, which seemed like an interesting idea. But I like the idea of the items leveling up the more you use them. But you should still get some degree of an indication of what it does what they do yeah um and the problem with that is it tries to be really archaic in its own descriptions hmm. um so there's not even like a hint of what it does it's use it to find out what it is so you use it a couple of times it says you've reached your max familiarity with this time i still don't fucking know what it does i tried it in the middle of a fight and it knocked my character out of his shell and i got one shot it's not <laughs> fucking great i'm a beautiful butterfly and i just got butt shagged <laughs> I think it's important to game devs should realize that it's easy to make a game hard 
it's whatever and mm. it's engaging and fun whilst also being a little challenging yeah you have to That's balance the hard it out part. yeah for sure like yeah. uh demon souls the first area um i still i still struggle with that area to this day like um because the healing and the half health mechanic um i don't like the half health mechanic but i accept it for what it is uh -huh. um um i hope it's not in the remake i really i really hope it's not in the remake but i know dark souls fans will um throw a fucking hissy fit yeah if it's not um but somehow i i get by and it's a long slog from the start of that area to unlocking the gate the first boss and unlocking the shortcuts and proceeding to recover your max hit points but you find a ring at the end of that called the cling ring i think it is and that reduces the amount of hp you lose for dying so you have like 75 percent of your health instead of 50 percent it's like okay this still kind of sucks but i feel like i've been rewarded for overcoming something, and now that's uh -huh. alleviated a lot of the pressure I had. So this enables me to learn a lot easier instead of being, okay, I've got no grass to heal with, I've got half my health, all of my shit's like a ten minute jaunt away, so I've got to go through all that shit again. Fine, I've familiarized myself with it now, so it's not a problem. But, um, it's that kind of game design that irritates me. Uh, Dark Souls 3 did that kind of thing best. Um, you don't feel like you've lost anything um, when you die in that game. You feel like you've gained something when you burn an ember, though. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Embers are fucking everywhere. Uh -huh. They're fucking everywhere. The the stuff you use in Demon Souls to restore your health is really, really rare. Um, I don't know. That there is a very specific way of doing these games. Yeah, you definitely um, feel it, don't you? Like when when the balance is off. Like it it seems that they just seem to get it right with Dark Souls, and not every Dark Souls clone can pull it off. Like they just can't. Like in fact, very few, if any, have 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 even come close to to just getting that perfect balance. I cannot sing, and I can't move I cannot sing Neo's praises enough for what it tries to I do. I need to give that game more time. I really Dark do. Dark Souls now, because I played Sekiro, and I enjoyed a lot of it, but I also hated a lot of it. I was oh. played by disappointment in the game and the variety of builds and stuff you could do, and the fucking noughts and crosses bosses. Um, and when it tried to throw a Dark Souls boss in you after you've been fighting humanoids for two hours but um neo does what it does so differently and it's so much its own thing like you know it's a loot a slasher mm. you get this randomized loot for so long and you could min max that game to shit and you would reap the benefits of it yeah um you can do your own builds you've got the magic build you've got the ninja build you've got the i've got the massive odachi fucking sword build and it feels satisfying um Sekiro, you get good at the game, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. There's not much variety in the build. How do you think Code Vein kind of fits into the whole Souls esque gamescape? It's a weird one. Um, I wasn't a fan of like the weedy stuff. It wasn't as bad as it could have gotten. Um, <laughs> Some of the mods are a bit. <laughs> eh, great, I know. <laughs> Is like, the best thing about Code Vein I found was finding the one-shot build. Huh. 
Um, I found a build that could near enough one-shot every boss. Um, I remember Pine was streaming and I showed him a video of me one-shotting the butterfly enemy he'd been trying to kill solo for for hours. And he was <laughs> like, what did you do? What did you do? Oh my god! <laughs> and I put that fucking... The, I got the Keck meme in afterwards. And he was like, eh, the, ah, the free. It didn't get a fucking chance to poison me. Ah. It felt great. Yeah. But, um, that's so... Like Dark Souls, you start the game with your class, but then you build from that. You can, like I start as a hunter, you get a good balance of dex and strength. And I could go for a black knight sword um, from that quite easily. I could go for a bow build for that. I could go for a roguelike class, and I can expand on that. In Code Vein, you don't really get to build much of your class until very, very late in the game. And by the time you've got the build you're after, the game's done. And it's upsetting because some of the class combinations that you can come up with with the, the code system is really nice. If you've not played Code Vein, play it. Skip the cutscenes, the ones that you can skip. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a garbage story, isn't it? Yeah. I, I probably will never play through the game again. I, I feel like I've gotten everything I got out of that game in the three weeks where I just played nothing but. Yeah. The character creation's great but I'm not interested in the DLC. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, Dark Souls, when it releases its DLC, uh, the Dark Souls 3 DLC, like, you're left thinking, fuck, I can't wait to see what kind of bosses are in this area. In Code Vein, I just... I don't know, I just yeah. don't... Doesn't have the same draw. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to know what Som's thoughts on Code Vein were, because he's got, he got to see me play through it. Uh, I don't know. It didn't look great. <laughs> that white palace area was was. Uh... <laughs> oh, God, jeez! The visible oh, disgust on both your faces when I mentioned that. Thing. Oh God, that is that is worse. I don't give a fuck what people say about the water temple. Play that fucking area eight hours into a stream. <laughs> oh. Right. It's such a terrible area. There's like nothing defining where you are, so it's a constant maze. And it's so bright. It's so bright. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you go from the really dark, dingy city area, this fucking Anor Londo with the exposure set to 6,000. It's like, fucking Christ! <laughs> and then you spend two hours in there trying to figure out where the fuck you're going. And then you find out, oh, I'm back at the beginning. I, yeah, I, I seem to remember a, a long section of your stream of just you, you both getting more and more, like sinking into the sofa as you were running around. <laughs> ah, just running around looking for where to go. Oh, God, it was... That is my least favourite area in that game. Without shadow of a doubt. The Ornstein and Smo fight in that is really tough. Hmm. Really, really tough. That makes ONS look like a fucking cakewalk. Um, that could just be because I, I, I know ONS inside out. But ONS is only easy when you got the Space Jam music playing. <laughs> didn't help, mate. <laughs> no, it didn't. Not when you get hit by your hitboxes. 
<laughs> what hit me? What, what, what was that? I'm so glad it was clipped though, because no one would have believed me. Because yeah. it's like, nah, you just lost to the boss and you're making excuses. No, honestly, something invisible killed me. Oh. It was doomed. She got hit by. It was after his after he had cooled down from his attack. Yeah, he like he did the charge. He hit me. I stood up, and then he like as he lifted his hammer to go back into like either his idle pose or or whatever. I seem to be clobbered by something off. My character just goes whoa, <laughs> like straight onto his back. Like what, what the fuck? What, what, what was that? What was that? <laughs> oh. Waiting for the rest of that playthrough to get a load of damage. Did I not do that? No, <laughs> no, I've got them on my hard drive. I'll do it eventually. Yeah. Play Bloodborne on YouTube's hard drive. Play Neo. Play Code Vein once. Uh, <laughs> um, you got the money. Play Sekiro, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say Mortal Shell and Hellpoint are bad because I played a demo. I'm just yeah. going to say I have my issues with them. That could, of course, come from my fandom of the Dark Souls games. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, don't know. I, I will reserve judgment. It's out on Thursday. Hellpoint is, and I'll give. I'm, I'm going to give it a damn good shot. Give it a good go. But if I if I'm if I'm not enjoying it, I'm probably gonna refund it because I don't want to force myself through a game I'm not enjoying anymore. I've spent too long doing that shit. Good Fuck. shit, man. Yeah, it's it's not worth it. Play what you I'll enjoy. Digimon World Two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and on that bombshell, I think that's a really good place to start. Profane's dying. <laughs> it's a good bombshell. Yeah, it is. There well, is, there is something to be said for games you're not enjoying that because it makes good content. I mean, it does make good content. It's just not great for your mental health. That's, that's the only thing. Great for your wallet, though, because... Um... <laughs> Which, in turn, is great for your mental health. So, it's a bit of a... <laughs> Circular pattern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's the first episode of Trash Talk, the podcast. We got through all the topics. We did, indeed. We did indeed. Um, that went really well. That was that was enjoyable. We'll try and get one out again. I'm not sure how frequently we're going to do them. We're going to maybe try and do them weekly, but we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. So thanks for everybody for tuning in. It's going to be going up on the usual podcasting places, sources, etc. And on a YouTube. And we're going to look to either get the stream going out on all three of our channels, or maybe we'll rotate each week. We'll see. We'll, we'll discuss and we'll figure it out. Um, next week, if we do it again, i got to make a quick request. Oh, no. Please fix the rainbow animation. No. No, I've been looking at it all stream. <laughs> Why did you have to mention it? Yeah, for some, for some reason, it's jittering. It's not looping perfectly, and it was... When we set this scene up, that rainbow yeah, animation was looping perfectly. And now it's not. It's stuttering. Look. Was, there he goes. I was about whether to say something. But I was like, yeah, no, no I, 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 I spotted it. I spotted it. 
It does look good, Laura, but that jump that it has when it gets to the end of the, the, the animation, it's supposed to be a completely seamless loop. So, yes, I will fix that before next week. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love the Rainbow Show. I think it suits the film perfectly. But that. That's something I know Daffrit didn't miss. That's something that's not behaving as <laughs> it should. Yeah. That would drive me fucking nuts, and therefore would drive Daffrit fucking nuts. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> He knows full well that every time I've looked this way, that's exactly what I've been looking at, like, every fucking time. Okay. Right. I'm going to play this out. Thanks thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, go follow Profane. That's Profane Artillery on Twitch. Go follow Som, if you feel like it. He never streams, though. That's Somniloquay on Twitch. Um, and uh, we will catch you next time. Bye. Also, watch f 14 yeah.